Hi everyone, it is your host Sam and thank you for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. So excited to be talking to you guys in 2021. This is my first episode and I'm so happy because we are just 13 days away from um, Everything in Me's anniversary. By the time you guys listen to this, it'll probably be um, about... 15, I'm sorry, not 15, um, like eight more days. But anyways, um, January 14th is the one year anniversary of Everything in Me, the podcast. And I'm so excited and so blessed to have been able to carry this on for so long. It's a personal endeavor and it's something that means a lot to me. And I talk about a lot of that in a lot of my episodes, but every listener, every experience with you guys is super important to me. Um, I'm very genuine, very vulnerable, very honest in my podcast. I have nothing to hold back because I am nobody and not necessarily in a literal sense, but in an essential sense of like, you know, I'm no one um, out of the ordinary, you know, I'm sure that everyone has a friend or a colleague or someone like me at some point, but I really think it's important to share my story and my thoughts and opinions, especially during now where it can be very lonely and kind of um, closed off. You don't really have access to people like you would. And hopefully this inspires someone to make a change or to look at things differently. And um, if you haven't already, check out everythinginme.com. That's where you'll find everything about me and also get to work with me on your goals and the things that you want to move forward on. Um, I know right now it can be very tricky, very challenging, but I would love to hear from you, your experience and the things that you want to get done and accomplish and support you. Um, that's something that I really love doing. Life coaching is very important to me. It is my passion. It is something that I've been doing, um, off the books, if you will, for many years. And I think it's exciting to see someone kind of blossom and grow and, you know, get to their goals and their dreams. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very challenging to do so. And my dream team are the people who complete me and are able to, um, get me to where I need to get to. And I want to be able to share and maybe possibly be part of your dream team, you know, and your goals and your circle and things like that. So check that out, get in contact with me. I would definitely love to reach out to you guys and engage with you guys more. Let's get into this episode. So right now, um, I think it's important for me to reflect on this. My dad and I, um, have a very interesting relationship, one that differ, differs from my other siblings. Now, let me be clear. There is no incest. There is no abuse here. There is no um, verbal or sexual or anything like that. This is not one of those stories. This is not one of those experiences. For those of you who have experience, which I know people who have experienced very negative, traumatic experiences with their, their father or father figures, um, you know, I think it's very important to explore the impact that may have on you through therapy, through um, self-awareness and self-esteem building. Um, definitely something you should definitely tackle because it's so important. I don't think we recognize the impact our parents have on us. Again, going back to nature versus nurture until it's kind of, you know, sometimes a very negative trait that we hold. Um with my dad and I, growing up, my dad was a provider. Very clear about that. A provider. He took care of us financially. He was there physically, but wasn't active. So my dad's a hard worker, has been working 
um, all of his life. Um, an immigrant, um, didn't graduate high school, um, didn't actually get to go to high school, grew up in Jamaica on a farm, on a farm with his, his parents and 12 other siblings. And so there's a different mindset when it comes to that and was very, very ambitious. Um, he left his, he left his family when he was 16 and pursued his own dreams and his own aspirations. Um, a businessman, very, very street smart, um, very keen on making sure certain things were lined up and taken care of as a priority. And that's a big part of me as well, too. Um, I didn't really know my dad growing up, even though he lived with us, even though, you know, I shared time with him. I didn't know his story. I didn't know who he was. And as I grew up in high school and middle school and stuff like that, he was, like I said, there, he was there all along, but he was kind of in the background. Um, he never really was available or, um, active in a sense that he wouldn't say it needs to be you and I time. He didn't make the time for us. He worked Monday through Sunday. Um, he always was working. He had, he had his own mechanic shop. And so Monday through Saturday, he was at the mechanic shop. And then on Sundays he would go to the, um, the junkyard to grab whatever parts he needed for the rest of the week, et cetera, et cetera. And so he would get up at the ass crack of dawn and be gone till nighttime, basically. So like I said, he was there, but he wasn't really there. And so I kind of had this gray area vision of my dad. And I remember in high school, I kind I even put his name in my phone as money man because of the fact that he just didn't play a role in my life outside of providing for the bills. Now, <clears throat> I always sought out, you know, opportunities to engage with him and to get to know him because I always found like, you know, I had friends like who had lost their parents or didn't have a great relationship with their parents. And I always thought it was important, but um, I always tried to make an effort to, you know, be around him whenever he was home. I was very interested in being with him. I didn't recognize at that time how important he was to me um, because he never made it a thing. He never made it a thing to be important or essential because he always played the background. He always played like, you know, if you need me, but not like, um, no, you're, I need to be here. This is, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm where I'm supposed to be. So with that being said, it definitely created, um, a kind of weary relationship between him and I, where I was completely fine if he wasn't around. So some would say, Oh, your daddy's girl. I think he viewed me more of like that light in his life, if you will but I didn't feel that necessarily that way with him. And it wasn't like I hated him or had ill feelings towards him, but I just didn't really understand his purpose because he and I had never developed a relationship that was, um, was substantial. So it was kind of like, Oh, okay. All right. Daddy's home. Great. You know, whatever. Um, so I, like I said, I, during high school specifically, I kind of viewed him more as a financial provider. And I think that's really where things kind of took the left turn. Um, leading up to that, my mother and him had an experience where he cheated on her. And um, that was the catalyst between me distancing myself between him and I. Um, when he, you know, cheated on her, had a relationship with someone else, and she found out about it and kind of experienced that at an age where I was able to view and understand 
bits and pieces of it and was had access to it. Um, it was very upsetting to her and frustrating to her. And I recall, you know, her getting his shit and getting him out and, you know, cussing him out and, you know, not him not coming to the house, not speaking to us, us meaning my younger sibling and I'm um, just distancing himself. He kind of went out of sight, out of mind even more. And, you know, basically crawled into a corner, if you will. And I, we never engaged with him. We never had access to him. If he didn't come around, he didn't make an effort. He didn't reach out to us, meaning me and my younger sibling because of that situation. And just, I guess how shamed, ashamed he was, um, that had been the way that it was now, granted my mother and him were not in exactly complete love, never married. Um, they were together for the majority of our, my growing up, but they weren't necessarily like a couple that you would model um, your life off of, I would say. They were kind of, you know, with, you know, tolerating one another, if you will. So I don't necessarily, I never really felt bad about the fact that they broke up and that they weren't together and the concept of not having my mom and my dad in the household. That part never really bothered me because of just his role. And I always am genuinely, um, I genuinely prefer to have my parents happy separate than together and unhappy Um, because I'm all about like personal happiness, that journey, what that means for one, you know, a person, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it never really bothered me to be like, oh my gosh, my mom and my dad, they're not home because they never really played that mom and dad role where they were so invested in my life that, um, you know, it made a huge, huge difference. So, so that's something that, um, definitely kind of just, I let fall over, but up until that point, um, you know, he and my mom had arguments and disagreements. It wasn't necessarily always, you know, roses. Um, my mom is a very strong individual, a very opinionated individual. And so that definitely made it very tricky, you know, for people, including him to deal with her. Um, so I made it a point to, you know, distance myself from him following what happened just because, you know, my relationship with my mom was obviously a lot closer. Um, and I didn't like the way that things happened. Um, I think that even up until now, I feel like if you're in a relationship or you're with someone and you recognize that, you know, um, you're no longer invested in the relationship, I think that making the decision to separate yourself and still uphold, you know, your responsibility as a a parent is still important. Um, And it's, it's, I think it's just better for your kids to see you happy than to see you miserable, but there. Um, That's something that just to me personally, that's my own opinion. But like I said, as I got into high school, really started to associate him as the money man essentially because that's all he really was there for. We would, I would go to his shop to pick up money for my mom or pick up money for something that I needed in high school. Um, I started working at 16 because I wanted my own money. I didn't like having to ask anybody for money. It just felt like uncomfortable. Um, my mom being a presser at the cleaners, I knew she didn't make that much. And my father, the mechanic who provided everything essentially for us, I still didn't feel like, anything outside of my essentials or paying for the bills and stuff like that 
it wasn't important. Like I just, I just didn't like that. That that's probably something also that I picked up from him. But, you know, as I started to learn myself and I started to learn who he was and stuff like that, I realized how similar I am towards, um, to him. Um, what happened is in high school, and this is the real part that I think is important. I had to say to myself, due to the realization I had a friend in high school who a parent passed away when they were in eighth grade and they yearned for them. Oh my goodness. Many times there were times that, um, her and I were together and she would just burst out into tears because she really missed her parent. And it always has stuck with me. Her and I are no longer friends and that's a whole nother story. But that experience with her made me realize, you know, parenthood is not easy it is not, um, it's not something for the weary, but I think it's important to at least attempt, have access, um, make an effort regardless of the end that it's coming from. I think a lot of us have the expectation that as a, as a child of a parent, they're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. They're supposed to be in my life. They're supposed to be my best friend, or they're supposed to be, I'm supposed to have some sort of access to them, some sort of relationship with them that is tolerable, that is healthy, if not. Um, but the reality is, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people feel this way when you have kids, they teach you so much. And sometimes that teaching extends to giving someone the grace and the patience that they so desperately have needed the entirety of their life. You know, as children, um, we don't get to, to hear the whole story. We don't get to live the whole story from a parent's perspective and, you know, from the single moms or just the single parents or the parents in general that I've known, um, they've all expressed to me that there have been some really, really trying times that's caused them to, um, veer further and further away from being the ultimate parent that they want to be. And so I think when you recognize that and you understand that it gives, you know, a little, you, you got to give them a little bit more grace and understanding at when you're, whenever you're ready or mature or feel like, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to start knocking on that door in a different way. Um, so that, that kind of catalyst me to prompted me to say, you know what, he's still alive. Um, I've never gotten the, like a cold shoulder from him or, um, I'm just not interested in even knowing you vibe. I, but I've also never got the like, Oh my gosh, what's going on in your life? My dad doesn't know even up until today does not know my birthday. He, um, never really knows my relationships who I am as a person. So I want to be very clear. My dad and I don't have a picture perfect relationship even now. Um, it's a very interesting relationship. I definitely had to adjust my expectations of what it is to be a far father, be a parent in someone's life. And I had to just dial that back <laughs> um, and I let things kind of play out. So what I started to do it was baby steps. Essentially. I would call him after school or whenever I thought of him and just say, Hey, Hey dad, just call and see how you're doing. You know, you're all right. You know, usually he's at work, he's working. So he's not going to sit and talk to me for hours. Um, and he would just, you know, just check in. I'm just, hey, just checking in on you. See how you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Everything's cool. 
you know, good to hear from you. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Okay, all right. Well, take care. And that's it. Now, that carried on for a while. <laughs> Let me be honest. Sometimes I would just show up at his job and I would um, just show up at his job and just hang out with him. He would be working, talking to customers. Um, I would just be there just to just, hey, just passing by, say, how you doing? You know, that was basically it. You know, he asked about my brother or maybe my mom or something, but it was nothing extensive, nothing that was like a big, huge, huge thing. Like, let me be honest, it was baby steps. But my, my intentions were, I want to be able to still have access to this man that is my father um, and just be able to be comfortable enough with him to reach out to him, you know, whenever I needed him or I needed to speak with him, et cetera, et cetera. So that was something that was very important to me. And it took a while to get comfortable with within myself to do that. Cause I'm at some points I'm like, what is the point? We keep saying the same thing, you know, every now and then there'll be something different that he would make a laugh. Oh, your mom called me about this and da, 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 da. Or I talked to your brother and blah, blah, blah. I talked to your sister and da, 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 da. You know, sometimes it would kind of differ a little bit, but my goal was just to have access. My goal was just to be able to acknowledge him, him to acknowledge me. It was nothing of the sort of like, oh, let me, you know, go into what happened growing up, what that meant. And I think a big part of that was just not knowing how to have that conversation, conversation, not knowing <clears throat> what to get into, how to bring it up, um, what to talk about. And I think also being so young, he never wanted to go there with me. He didn't, he never brought that stuff up. The things that happened between my mom and him, um, he didn't know me enough to know what I was able to handle, what I was able to, you know, navigate. So he didn't make an effort in any way, shape or form to go down that route. Um, as time went on, things, things kind of took a turn where I started getting into relationships. Now that's, that's, that's a huge thing. <laughs> and that's something I want to elaborate on and, and just where that was. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back. Okay. I am back. I have my notes. I got my life together because I realized that I was kind of going on this like willy nilly route and I wanted to hit some crucial things just in case anyone was kind of, anybody was kind of listening, who was interested or pondering um, generating a relationship with a parent, a parent or someone in their life that they were kind of distant on. Um, it's, it's important to kind of make sure that I tell the story in its truth, in its entirety. And, um, the, the part that having this relationship with my dad that stood out to me the most was my choice in men. So <laughs> one of my very first relationships, I was beyond Google Gaga for this guy. We weren't necessarily in an official relationship. It was a big crush. Um, somebody that I really, really just, I mean, he couldn't do no wrong. Like I was just so happy to be in his presence. I would wait at my door for him all the time. And at this point, I think I was like middle school, high school. So it wasn't really anything serious. Um, when I got into high school, I did meet someone who was outside of high school. I never wanted to be with anyone that was physically in side of my high school. I tried that in middle school as far as like kiki and whatever you want to call it with someone. And that didn't really go too well because I just didn't like people in my business. Um, 
but in in high school I dated someone who I knew immediately wasn't going to necessarily last but it was my first real relationship my first quote unquote love um that I felt really abandoned me um just because of a life decision that he made which was to um to go out to the army and I felt like, you know, what about me? But he was older, and so he had graduated a year or two before me, so he had to figure out his life before I did. And I kind of held it against him for a while because I just didn't see a relationship outside that I knew for from then. I always wanted to physically be with someone. Um, but I noticed my choice in men after that. I went through a period of – I've always been a relationship person, I don't know what it is about being in a relationship, but to me, being in a relationship is essential. It's just a part of me. It's something that's more natural to me. I think being with my dad, even though my mom and my dad weren't necessarily officially, if you will, married of sorts or anything like that, they were definitely together, like physically together, like at parties or um, birthdays and holidays and stuff like that. They were always together. And that concept, that idea really stuck with me early on. And it's something I crave and something I kind of judge my relationships by. I definitely am not an attached person where I'm like, I have to be around you 24 seven, but the security, I really enjoyed the security. And up until knowing about my dad's infidelity, he came home every night. He was home every night, home every weekend on Sundays. He was kind of off. You know, there was a routine, there was a consistency, there was an expectation level. And so he always showed me that. And he always was very um, firm in who he was and what he believed in. But if you wanted access, he would give you access. But he wasn't always like, let me just go out there and tell the whole world about my life, my business, et cetera, et cetera. So as I started dating, um, I recognized I started to kind of lean towards guys that were more mysterious. Um, they definitely did not have the same reputation as my dad. Um, something about those, oh, them thugga thuggas. Something about those men's you have no business with always has intrigued me. It always has tantalized me. I've always been interested in men who are just probably no good for you, but not necessarily in a way that like, you know, they were just dogging you out or lying to you, cheating on you, abusing you. Not that kind. More of like, you know, they didn't really have a job. <clears throat> they were an entrepreneur, um, you know, came from um, families that varied. I mean, they could be really good families or just like didn't really have a great relationship. Um, just very like traumatic in a sense, like they, they were something off, always something off. And there was some sort of drama that buzzed around them. And I realized as I started dating and, you know, that, that I didn't have a vision of a man that was clear, or I didn't have an idea of a man that I really wanted to be with. That was clear. That was, um, was basically enough for me to understand and have a more definitive, you know, um, expectation of them. So one thing I knew for sure, I didn't want just somebody random. I didn't like somebody who was messy. I didn't like men who were too like, I don't know. I like to pursue men. And I think that's, that's something that, um, actually my mom, I get from my mom. Cause she's very, you know, I know what I want, what I want to do, et cetera, et cetera. 
I noticed that pretty early on. Like if I wanted to be with somebody, I, oh, I, I was going to find a way. And it wasn't an aggressive way. It was more like, it's a competition. I'm going to figure it out. Um, you know, dating guys, I dated guys who had money, guys that were struggling, guys that, you know, had nothing. Um, but ultimately I always landed up, landed with guys that I, I weren't really always happy with, like in some way, shape or form. Like I wasn't always happy with, and I didn't really understand why. And it bothered me because I felt like if I put this much effort and time into something, I would like to see a return. Now, one thing about me in a relationship, when I'm in a relationship, I'm in there. Like I'm all the way in there. Um, I think it's important to be present, to show up for them, to invest in them, to be um, supportive, to be engulfed in a relationship. That's always been me day one. And I think that's why, you know, life coaching is a big part of my life is because of the simple fact that, you know, making the effort to be in someone's life in a positive, um, encouraging, supportive way only feels good. There's no other way around it. I've always just found myself like submerging, submerging myself into a relationship. And, you know, I don't know if it's because not having an active dad made me yearn for a man. Now, don't get me wrong. I've always had to, I've always been the one to walk away from these relationships. When I was in a relationship, I've never been to the point where like, oh my gosh, I need a man. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go to whatever, but I've definitely either stayed too long or, um, lost myself in a relationship. Um, I've definitely had those mistakes in my life, but the thing that just bothered me the most was the missing piece of understanding what it is to be a man and what I should have from a man. I knew from my dad though, that he always wanted someone who could take care of me, be a provider as well. That's always been something he's been vocal about. It's like, if you ever end up with somebody, make sure they can take care of you. And that's a, that's a different mentality than (laughs) I would like to, to believe in. I mean, I would love someone who could, you know, could if they wanted to, or could, if I needed them to, But my will and my strength comes within taking care of myself. And again, that's something that plays into my mom and just knowing that I don't go anywhere if I don't have my own money. You know, I don't care if it's with friends or with someone I'm dating. I don't, it feels very uncomfortable. It just feels like out of place. Now that's not to diss or make anybody feel bad if you have a man who's taking care of you. Um, But it's always nice to be able to, it's essential for me to be able to take care of myself no matter what. Um, He instilled in things like, you know, making sure you take care of your money, you have money, you you have your education. And again, this is a very island mentality um, where those things um, are hard to come by, you know, in Jamaica, as far as having education and finances together. And so it's, it's very important. And also I think when you're coming from an immigrant family, the last thing they want is that they come to America and you're struggling and you're not able to take care of themselves because especially if you lived in a, a third world country where they, you come from nothing to come to a country where there's so many opportunities and there's so many things that you could benefit from and you're not able to grasp that and keep that generational um, you know, um, opportunity going, it's very frustrating. And so those things that stuck with me, but 
as I started to go through these relationships, I really recognized that for one, I didn't have any guidance or understanding of what a man, what a relationship with a man would be like. Um, two, I didn't understand what a man thought from his perspective. Like I didn't have access to what a man would expect in a woman or what he would want in a woman or anything like that. Um, I also just didn't have access to my dad to be able to ask him about, you know, who he was, you know, what he wanted to be in a relationship as a person, et cetera, et cetera. And so this gap that just lured around me caused me to make some, you know, stupid decisions. Um, I think that I was gracious enough to not make really, really stupid decisions that were like, you know, you'll never get away from this. You know, there were, I was able to see red flags. I was able to see certain things that just shouldn't have been there um, and got myself out of situations that I shouldn't have been in. But I would have really, 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 really loved or enjoyed to not have to learn the hard way (laughs) simply because that's just not the way that I like to function. I like to just give me the details. Give me, give me the juice, save me (laughs) before I need to be saved. Um, I remember being in a relationship with someone that I think by far has been my most traumatic relationship where this person was very, he wouldn't let go. He would not let go of me. I don't care how many times I broke up with him. I don't care how many times that I, you know, asked for space, separation, a breather. He just would not get out of my life. And I didn't understand from his perspective what was going through his head a lot of the times. And so I had reached out to a friend of mine um, and just asked him, like, what do I do? How do I handle this? What does this mean? Because I couldn't even ask my dad. I couldn't even ask you know, the man who has been a man longer than any man that I basically knew at the time, what to expect, what that meant, because I didn't have that access to him. I was just on a high and by, you know, basis with him. And it was, it was unfortunate because I would have loved to know from his perspective, that wisdom of what it is and what, you know, his, his idea of a woman and that relationship should be. And so I definitely struggled with that and had a big gap with that, you know, something I talk about with my sister all the time is the fact that, you know, relationships are great. You know, being in love unconditionally is amazing. Um, I've been lucky enough to experience that in my lifetime. And it's been such a blessing because it's, it's molded me and fueled me in so many different ways. Now, I didn't necessarily grasp that or understand it from my mom or my dad. You know, we never had those conversations. I think for them, it was a lot of fear of not ending up in a situation that I shouldn't be in versus like, look at the bright side, look at the beauty in a partnership or a relationship, you know, look at all the opportunities you can have if you decide to, you know, go down that route or when you do, I didn't really bring guys around my dad for a while for the simple fact that I just didn't know how he was going to react. I didn't know, but I felt like he needed to know not for his approval because we didn't have a close enough relationship to be able to say, you know, his opinion mattered if you will, but it was more of like, Hey, I'm getting older. Um, there's a man in my life that means a lot to me 
and it's important that you meet them just in case you see them or, you know, you know that these are the people that I'm choosing, you know, and it was a piece that I shared with him. So I've introduced him to all of my boyfriends at some point, um, except the first ones, because I was in high school. And like I mentioned, me and my dad didn't have a relationship then. But once I got out of high school, I introduced him to all of my boyfriends. They, he never, they, we all never hung out. We never went to dinner. We never did the take, take care of my daughter. I mean, he may have mentioned it, but it was such a brief, like, Hey dad, this is my boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. The sense that I got from him was they weren't good enough in some way, shape or form. And it sense that they weren't taking care of me the way that he wanted me to. So if I came to him, you know, and I said, Oh dad, Hey, um, just want to introduce you to so-and-so. It's my boyfriend. Of course, he wanted to know, what do you do? You know, you know, do you like my daughter? Blah, blah, blah. But if my car would act up or I was short on something or something came up in a conversation and he knew that this person existed, his first question to me was like, why, why wouldn't your, what, you know, we call in Jamaica, your husband, even though it's not illegally your husband, but why wouldn't your husband take care of that? You know, it was this disapproval of like, you shouldn't have to struggle, think about any of your bills or your circumstances because the person you're with should already have those things covered. Um, but to me, like I said, I didn't really care because I was like, I have to figure out my own stuff. I'm not dependent or worried about them to make sure I'm taken care of. And I would express that to him. And he's like, oh my God, you're so much like your mom. But um, to me, that wasn't my first thought whenever something went awry was like, oh, can my boyfriend do this or can my, you know, my significant other do this? No. Um, don't get me wrong. There were boyfriends who were very like active and, um, they attempted to fix things in my life or, um, help me out with things in my life who just volunteered, you know, that was their, their personality type, but not all of them have been that forthcoming. And not to say that's been a bad thing for me. Cause again, I'm very independent. I don't look at it as like an essential thing. It's very nice to have, but it's not something where I'm like, I can't change my own tire. Um, I would love to learn how to do an oil change. I'll probably figure that out this year. Have a great um, understanding of what it is. But, um, you know, there was different things that I, I was, I was, I'm completely okay with not requiring my significant other to be responsible for, or the expectation that they would be a backup in case I'm not able to take care of something. Um, that's just my own way of thinking. But what ended up happening is after um, a couple years of this, so I'm going to fast forward, um, which actually came about last year. And guys, I'm 31 this year. Actually, last year. So last year I turned 31. Um, 30 years old. And he finally opens up to me. We're finally at a place where we can be more honest about life and situations um, where, you know, we're genuine. We're more genuine and it's more of like a, a friendship um, where we can confide in one another about certain things. You know, he didn't mention his girlfriend for ever. It wasn't until the last like maybe four years or so he started to bring her up as my lady, my lady this, my lady that. And I don't know why I can't, I still can't tell you why I think it's because it's the same person that my mother and him separated because of so that he assumed that there may be some soreness for me to hear that. 
And um, I actually found out about who she was and what she looked like from my sister, um, where they shared, she there was photos of him with her. And I was like, who is that? And she's like, your stepmom. I've never, I've met her. And it's funny because when I did meet her, um, she we didn't speak. He, she never acknowledged who she was. But there was an energy about her of like, she wanted to say something because she knew me, but I didn't necessarily know her. So when I saw the picture, it triggered my memory of going to his shop and her being there and me noticing that she wasn't necessarily like the other clients that he had. She was very distinct, very different, um, strictly because of just how she carried herself and how comfortable she was within his shop. But I never said anything to him. I really never said anything to anyone about it because, you know, that's, it just was just weird to me, but I couldn't really explain it. But anyways, um, so when I saw her picture and I knew exactly who she was and I knew I had seen her before and I knew, you know, probably the fact that she just didn't want to be seen or known within the family. So ever since they, my mom and him have separated, she's never, I've never met her. She's never met my family officially, if you will, or, you know, um, my younger sibling and I. So there's no relationship there as well too, still to this day. Um, but my, my dad really kept himself a secret because he had been living with her ever since the separation officially. And he really, really made it a point to keep that separate. And I think it was to save himself and not to have to go down that route of explaining himself or the situation, what may have come of the situation. So with that being said, I, that's a great, a big, bigger gray area than anything else. Um, but my dad and I, you know, he started to inter- talk about her and what she did for him as far as, oh, she did my licenses and, you know, my taxes this year for the business and so, et cetera. So, so she would start to bubble up in these conversations. Um, but the big breaking point was last year when I said to him, you know, we got into the conversation of my mom and him and their relationship. Now he had sprinkled throughout, you know, about a couple of years ago till now of the reasons why my mom and him were no longer together or why he was no longer invested in the relationship. They had a huge falling out of financial reasons where they had sold, um, their, the house that I originally grew up with, grew up in to purchase a new house. And my mom mishandled the money and basically like undermined him and just made disrespected him and just made him really feel small. And, um, he felt like, how could you do that when you and I are trying to build something, you and I are trying to make something greater for not only our kids, but ourselves. So ever since then, you know, he's been very vocal. I've heard this story numerous times um, on separate occasions of how he does not hate her, but he just doesn't, doesn't like her ways. And, you know, he does love her and he of course always wants to wish her the best. She's always been in contact with my, with him um, throughout the years. And, you know, they've always had access to one another about what's going on with us. And sometimes just in general, because I mean, they've known each other for so long, but that's none of my business. Um, but he and I had a heart to heart, you know, where he talked about how much he missed his family and the ideas of, you know, what he missed out on of coming home to us and how he felt really bad about his decisions 
and how he messed everything up by taking it too far and, you know, where he's at now. And I genuinely do believe he feels this way and has wrestled with this for many, many years, but never felt like he had access to express this to any one of his siblings. I mean, his, his children, um, my sisters that are his children, not necessarily my mother's children, um, are older than me, um, by like 10, 15 years. So they don't really, we don't really talk as much, um, about him and they actually call him by his first name because they didn't really grow up with him. Um, so, you know, their relationships with him are completely different than mine because he actually was in the household for, you know, half of my life, if you will, um, versus them where they're there. They weren't like that at all. Their mothers had them, you know, basically since day one. And so they don't have the same relationship, but it was a very overdue conversation. Um, and I don't know what prompted it. I think I just kind of just blurted it out, like not asking why and coming from the, the angle of like, how could you do this or, you know, accusations, but it was just like, listen, I want you to know that I've made very questionable decisions with men because I didn't have access to a man that could express to me expectations or things or values of, you know, that I could then apply or use when dating and when getting to know men and understanding the roles in my life and things like that. And it bothered him because he really had obviously wrestled with feelings of wanting to be that person for me or me and my brother and things just didn't work out. It just didn't work out that way. And, you know, he expressed, you know, his experience with his parents and how he didn't have not even anything close to what he and I have. And so there was a lot of forgiveness in that. There was a lot of forgiveness in the fact that the weight that I carried and that he also carried for different reasons should be lifted. And, you know, it shouldn't be um, a defining factor where these things are going to hold us back from pursuing happiness, from pursuing a better life. And, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, it's just one of those things that, you know, I'm very grateful to have had that conversation and come to that space with him. I don't, I wouldn't say it's closure, but, um, it was great to know that he had thought of me. He had thought of what he's missed out on. He's thought about, you know, the fact that he wasn't able to be there and that he wasn't able to be the person he's all, you know, I needed. Um, and that meant a lot to me because I know it took a lot for him to offer that to me and to express that to me, you know, and I don't take it for granted. Um, it's very important to me and I'm very grateful to have that conversation because it definitely shifted the way that I viewed him and the expectations I had of him because I knew that I needed to um, adjust and come to a resolution, whatever it may be, with the reality that I that I was facing. And it's something where now, you know, we still have a relationship. I used to be more in a routine with him pr- prior to the pandemic where he was the first person I called every time I got out of work just to check in with him because I, I still keep that up. Um, now it's a little bit harder because I don't know what days we are in and what, you know, space I have and 
things like that. But, you know, I, I'm still the light in his eyes and I don't know why. Um, I see it. Everybody else sees it. I don't know why I haven't discovered that, but for me, I was appreciative to, to be able to experience him so vulnerable and so honest and so true, like I said, and so genuine because it allowed me to accept the flaws that he has and understand that although he played this role in my life, it doesn't necessarily exclude him from not being this king or this um, perfect, um, well-put-together person, you know, this manly man. You know, I've learned so much about him through his businesses and his life story and asking those questions. And he's luckily been so honest and open with me about where he's been, the things that he's done and his values. And I've been able to grasp those nuggets, you know, um, through engaging with him. You know, he's in his 60s and, you know, things are going to change. I don't anticipate him being the grandfather that comes around and wants his grandkids. Um, And for me, I think that's something that I have to deal with because of the fact that he's not, he's not going to be ever that guy, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a pain that I'm always going to have to deal with that. My parents are never going to be the grandparents who are like, where are my grandbabies at? I want to spend time with them or get to know them simply because when I was growing up, I wanted to know my grandparents and because of the age gap in which, you know, my parents had me and also Jamaica, um, I didn't have access to them like I would have wanted to. Um, both of my grandparents on my mom's side had passed away prior to me being born. And my um, on my father's side, my grandfather had passed away prior to um, me being born as well, too. But my grandmother, who passed away um, a couple years ago, I never was able to go and visit her, unfortunately. And so I never really got to um, get to know her, engage with her, um, or even see her. I've only seen one picture of her. Um, this was prior to her death. And, you know, she was able to make it to over 100 years. And it was such a blessing, you know. Um, but my dad is a special part of me. He's a special part of my life. And although it's not, you know, in the way that I would have liked it to be, um, I'm still very grateful that I've been able to shape it or make an effort to um, have access to him in a way that I wouldn't have had I not shown up in that relationship, had I not knocked on that door and shown him forgiveness and grace and, you know, gave him the opportunity to get to know me, you know, in ways that he wouldn't have if I didn't make the effort. And I don't hold it against him. I don't say like, you know, you dad, you never cared about me. You never, no, I don't do that because once I understood what he, what ingredients he had, um, I kind of let that go. And I also use that as a stepping stone to say, just because I was raised a certain way, doesn't mean that I want better. doesn't mean that I want something different. And I've made it a point that with my partners, the expectation is that they are, you know, um, the dad that, any child needs, uh, whatever need, you know, and, um, I'm also in the process of also being the mother that my stepson needs, you know, um, 
it's just parenting being that representation of love is so important to me and nothing is going to deter me from that. And I know my mindset is unique and that's why I like working with people to help them understand the other option outside of living in the trauma and the pain and the hurt and the missed expectations to look at the opportunities, having the freedom to design, you know, a different outcome if you make the effort and just switching gears um, um, and going through that pain to come to a better outcome. That's something that excites me and makes me really proud that I'm able to, you know, take that mindset and apply it and multiply it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. Check out everythinginme.com to see where I'm at, what I'm doing. Check out my social media, connect with me to work together. I appreciate it. Happy, happy new year to everyone. And I'm almost almost at a thousand plays. So if you haven't already, check out my other episodes. Very proud of them. See where I've come from. Trust me, I'm pretty sure you'll notice the difference. It's been almost a year. Um, And I'm excited to see what the future holds.